second kings chapter 6 verse 24 onwards second kings chapter 6 verse 24 onwards and it happened after this that benhadad king of syria gathered all his army and went up and besieged samaria and there was a great famine in samaria and indeed they besieged it until a donkey's head was sold for 80 shekels of silver and one fourth of a cob of dough droppings for five shekels of silver then as the king of israel was passing by on the wall a woman cried out to him saying help my lord o king and he said if the lord does not help you where can i find help for you from the threshing floor or from the wine press then the king said to her what is this? what is troubling you and she answered this woman said to me give your son that we may eat him today and we will eat my son tomorrow verse 29 so we boiled my son and ate him and i said to her on the next day give your son that we may eat him but she has hidden her son verse 30 now it happened when the king heard the words of the woman that he tore his clothes and as he passed by on the wall the people looked and there underneath he had sackcloth on his body verse 31 then he said god do so to me and more also if the head of elisha the son of shaphat remains on him today verse 32 But Elisha was sitting in his house and the elders were sitting with him and the king sent a man ahead of him but before the messenger came to him he said to the elders do you see how this son of a murderer has sent someone to take away my head look when the messenger comes shut the door and hold him fast at the door is not the sound of his master's feet behind him we will stop right here for a minute we see some important things happening here in in this chapter 6 of second kings where the spirit of the lord has documented what really really happened many many years ago and here in this chapter we see how samaria was um, sieged by the army of the syrians and they blocked everything nobody was able to go out or come in and they had a great famine on top of that so there was no food the worst part of everything is the state of the people who were living there where the people who lived there were people who were ready to even eat their children when the famine you know progressed it's not that you know, i'll give myself for my child but it was i will eat the children so you see how bad their state was that they were they didn't have that normal affection towards their children they were very demonic in their behavior like pagans and during this time the king is walking around and he is seeing and he is hearing the state of these women and he is saying what can i do for you but was he able to solve it no he was not able to solve it see when god comes to us during the services and he says what do you want i'll do for you that means he can do it and when he asks us and we tell him lord this is what i want then god actually grants to us what we ask him because he has the power to do so but the king though he was the king and though he had the power over whatever realm he had he did not have the power to create he did not have the power to give that which was not there he was only able to do what he can do within his human capacity so when he saw what was happening 
he was not able to give food for his people. The anger of the king turned towards the prophet who was there. And he said that, you know what? I'm going to kill the prophet. Is that the solution? When you face the problem in life, we need to turn towards God and ask him for his mercy and not get angry at God. There are a lot of people, when things go wrong, they get angry at God. Getting angry at God will get to get us to a nowhere land where we will not be able to stay or sit down or lay down or do anything, a place where there's no solution and a place full of misery. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Anytime you feel like there is a roadblock, anytime you feel that you are stuck, it is very important to run to the feet of Jesus. Like we sang, when I am tired, I will run to Jesus. It's not just enough to have sackcloth and ashes and have a burlap there, but become murderous in the heart towards God himself, the prophet of God equals God himself because he's representing God and God has placed him there. Instead of getting angry at the prophet, which is getting angry at God because he's saying God didn't do a thing over here. He should have called the nation into prayer and he should have turned towards God. You know how our God is. Anytime we turn to God and say, God have mercy on me. God have mercy on me. God do something about the situation. You see, our God is so merciful. He immediately comes through and he immediately visits his people. But instead of doing that, the king says, I'm going to kill the prophet. Is that the solution? No, that's not going to help us. And by the way, can anyone touch God's people? God says, he who touches you touches the apple of God's eye. And God is watching over us. Remember this, in 2023, God will protect you just like how he protected his prophet Elisha. Nobody can touch you. Nobody can touch you. Nobody can do harm to you when you serve God. When you serve God, you should know that God is my protection. When I serve God, God is my protection. He protects my job. He protects my husband. He protects my wife. He protects my children. He protects my finances. He protects my going out. He protects my coming in. We should never think that, oh, when I do God's will, what's going to happen to my job? So I'm going to act like a heathen when I'm outside. No. Whether you are outside or inside, you belong to God and you represent God and you must represent him well. It is very important. Here we see this king, though he had a form of humility, he was not humble. He had this burlap and he had this sackcloth and he had all of this thing to show that, look, this is who I am. I am really devastated. But he was full of anger and bitterness. There are a lot of people who say they're broken, but they are not actually broken. They're full of bitterness. They're full of anger and they're angry towards God. God is speaking at this hour. He says, you know what? You need to turn your behavior. You need to turn your attitude. You need to turn the way you look at God because God is not responsible for your problem. God is not responsible responsible for your disaster. God didn't give this to you. If Samaria is siege, if there's a siege around Samaria, this is because of the enemy coming, because you opened the door somewhere and the enemy was allowed to come in. But when you turn to God and say, God help me, God will help you. God is a refuge and strength. He's a very present help in times of trouble, says God's word. So here we see, instead of turning towards God, this king is turning against God. We have to remember never to make this mistake of getting angry at God or getting frustrated and turning against God. We need to turn towards God and not against God. So what happens here where the servant of God, the prophet of God, he knows whatever God reveals, 
up to that point, the prophets of God will know. So the prophet of God knew before the king could even come, he knew that this murderer is coming. He's coming with a murderous spirit to kill Elisha. But could that happen? No. This is the promise that God gave us, right? On Christmas day, that until we finish our assignment on earth, nobody can touch us. Until we finish the God-given assignment on earth, no demon, no human, no power on earth, no power from hell can cut short our life, can take us, can stop us from doing God's work, our assignment that God has given to us will be brought to a completion with God standing by our side, provided we stand with God Almighty. So Elisha is here on the earth with an assignment from God, representing God as a prophet of God. And he's saying, look, this murderer is coming. Is he not there? His footsteps are here already. Before he could even see him, he's telling, look, he is there. Now let's go to verse 32, 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 32. And while he was... Sorry, 33. Let's go to verse 33. And while he was still talking with them, there was a messenger coming to, coming down to him. And then the king said, surely this calamity is from the Lord. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? How was this waiting? How was this waiting? We see no prayer. We see no call for prayer. We need, we see no interaction with God. Just wearing a burlap and wearing some sackcloth and walking around. Does it mean he was waiting for God? No. No. Just saying that, well, I'm, I'm sitting. I'm sitting for God to do something. Is it waiting? No. Waiting is actively being involved with God. Waiting is talking to God. Waiting is hearing from God. Waiting is seeking God and then doing what God tells us to do. That's what waiting is. They that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not grow faint. How will all these things happen when we wait on Him? And what is waiting? Waiting is not simply sitting. Waiting is not saying that, well, I'm not going to take another step. Well, I'm just going to sit. Waiting is not just sitting. Waiting is doing something that God wants us to do. Waiting is not not doing anything. Waiting is resting in God and doing what God wants us to do. That means waiting could be waiting and praising God with expecting what God wants us to do. Waiting could be waiting and doing that which God wants to do contrary to what the world will want us to do. So instead of doing what our mind will tell us to do, instead of doing what people around us will tell us to do, instead of doing whatever the devil will want us to do, we ask God for what he wants us to do. And we will put pause on everything else or put a stop to everything else and do only that which God wants us to do. That's what real waiting is. So when we wait on the Lord, see those who wait on the Lord, they want to simply sit. When you go somewhere, when you wait to get an order at a restaurant or you go to the grocery store and you wait in line you're waiting for something that you are doing something there where while you're waiting you know that the next thing is you're going to put your items on the cart while you're waiting you're just going to wait you know you're going to get something there and you're waiting and so there is something involved while you're waiting it's not just simply idly sitting but doing something that God wants you to do that means you wait on the Lord while you wait on him he will tell you to do something so the waiting process involves hearing the waiting process involves doing what God is telling us to do. That means we are waiting on God and we're not doing our own thing. We're not doing what others want us to do. We're not doing anything else out of panicking and out of anxiety and out of hastiness, but we are waiting on God and receiving orders from Him and doing what God wants to do. So the real waiting on God is 
waiting on him, hearing from him, because while you wait on him, he won't say, just sit, I'm not going to talk to you. No, that's not how our God is. When you go to God and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? God will speak, and when he speaks, we do what he tells us to do. So the waiting process is waiting on him by seeking him. Waiting equals seeking God. Waiting on God means seeking God. Waiting on God means seeking God. So while we wait on him, while we seek him, what happens? He will reveal himself to us. He will speak to us. And what he speaks to us, we take that and we do. That's the waiting process. While we do that, there is a power that will go into us. While we do that, there's a strength that we will receive from God. While we do that, there's a change that will take place from within. While we do that, there is the move of the Holy Spirit that will be taking place within our realm, physical realm. This is the word of God that God is giving to us. We have to learn to wait on him. That means whatever problem we may face, we need to go to God and we just sit in his presence and say, Father, what do you want me to do? Lord, this is the situation. This is my plight. What do you want me to do? And God will show us what we need to do. When we do that, we're waiting on him and we're doing what he's telling us to do. He will fulfill that which he has promised to do. So now, while he is here with a burl up and he's saying, I'm waiting, he's not waiting on God. He didn't get anything from God. He didn't call on the prophet to say, you know, prophet Elisha, this is the situation that's happening. What do you want us to do? You know, can we do something about this? Can you inquire of God about this? Nothing. Simply wearing this and being angry and bitter and saying that, why should I wait on the Lord for any longer? He wasn't waiting on God. He was not waiting on God. God is speaking to our hearts today. God's people must learn how to wait on God. When we wait on God, we will never be disappointed. Waiting is not simply sitting. Waiting is getting a promise from God and holding on to that promise and acting by faith according to what we have heard. Abraham, when he received that promise, the Bible says, he did not waver even a second in his mind. He did not waver about what God said. Instead, he he remembered and he believed and he counted the God who gave the promise as faithful, even though his body was dead, even though Sarah's body was dead. He said, the God who gave me this promise is faithful and I count him faithful. And what happened? He took the steps that God told him to, even when he didn't have a child. He was walking towards Canaan because God said that, I'm going to make your descendants like the stars of the heaven and like the sand of the shore. So go to a place that I will show you too. So he is going based on what God said and with faith that his descendants are going to be like the stars of the sky and the sand of the shore. And so because of that, I'm going to where God wants me to. See, by faith, he was not sitting in a place where he said, Lord, I'm waiting after you give me the child, then I will go. No, he said, even before I have the child, I will make the whatever I need to do, the steps I need to take in order to get to where you want me to get to with full assurance that this child that you said you will give will come. This nation that you said that will come out of me will come. This generation that you spoke about that will come from my wife's womb will come. Praise be to God. This is faith. This is what real waiting is. Now, let's go to verse 34. Second Kings chapter 6, verse 34. Second Kings chapter 7, verse 1. Then Elisha then Elisha said, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, tomorrow by this time, a say of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel. 
and two sacks of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. So he's basically saying that, you know, you're going to get a lot of food for a little bit of money. You're going to get a lot of food in a place where there's famine, in a place where people are eating their children. God is saying this through the prophet to say that, well, it took so long for you to come and ask for prayer. It took so long for you to come and even say that there is a problem. And Elisha says, God, through Elisha speaking here, he says, hear the word of the Lord, you murderer and murderous people. Hear the word of the Lord. Tomorrow about this time, you didn't wait on the Lord, but this is what God is showing because he cares about the people. You are going to see how faithful God is. And he says, tomorrow, tomorrow, today it's like this. The situation is like this today. But tomorrow, about this time, what's going to happen? You see that there's there's dryness here. You see there's famine here. You see there's no grain here. You see no barley here. You see no no wheat here. You see no corn here. You see no nothing here. God says, tomorrow. See, there's no time to plant and harvest nothing. Out of nothing. God says, tomorrow, while you see emptiness, emptiness, and emptiness, and emptiness, and emptiness all over, God says, tomorrow, by this time, this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen tomorrow. How can it happen? God said it could happen. He said, tomorrow, this is what's going to happen. Little bit of Money is enough to buy a lot of food. That means you're going to have plenty. You're going to have abundance tomorrow. Oh, today is famine. But tomorrow, abundance. Today is famine. Tomorrow, abundance. Who can do such a thing? Without sowing, without harvesting, you have food on your table. Who can do such a thing? In a land where there's famine, without sowing, without harvesting, there is abundance. Who can do such a thing? Only our God. If he said it, he shall bring it to pass. Has he spoken? Will he not bring it to pass? God said, I will form the nation of Israel in one day. Did he do it? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Whatever promise God is giving to us today, when you look around you and you see dryness everywhere, when you look around you and see everything opposite, when you look around you and you see brokenness everywhere, but God said, oh, you know what? That which is broken, that which is gone. God said today, he said, I'm going to just take it. I'm going to just take it and I'm going to throw it out and I'm going to put something new instead. I'm not going to take the broken and I'm just going to try to fix it. No, I'm going to take that which is broken and I'm not going to just repair and do something. He said, I'm going to just take it out and I'm going to do something new in its place. When we see this and we say that, oh, how can this be? That's what God will say. If you want to inherit it, don't ask, how can this be? Say, I believe, Lord. I believe you can do it. I believe today there's famine. I believe tomorrow there'll be an overflow because you said tomorrow will be an overflow. Let's go to verse 2, 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 2. So an officer who, an officer on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, look, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, could this thing be? And he said, in fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. This officer is an officer of the king of Samaria. He can be a big officer. But you know what? He he is thinking that the windows in the heavens are small. Can you believe that? He said, even if God makes windows in, how big is the heaven? How big is the heaven? It's so big. The windows of heaven, if he opens, is huge. And he's looking at this prophet of God who is giving him good news. He's looking at him and saying in a sarcastic way, even if who? 
not a human being. If the Lord would make windows in heaven, could this thing be? He just brought God down to his level. He thought that the windows of heaven was like the window in his house. The windows of heaven is huge. One window is enough. One little hole from heaven is enough. You don't need a window for that. God can gush out his miracles. But look at the amount of unbelief he had. Many times God can bring to us wonderful promises. Wonderful promises. When you look at the promise, you need to get excited. Because you know what? The spirit of God, when he gives the prophecy and the word, he is excited about what he's going to do. Because he loves you. Because God loves us, when he gives his word to us, he's excited about what he is about to do in our lives. And with that excitement, he gives the word. And we as God's people, when we receive that which God has for us, we must receive it with great excitement, with great joy, and with great faith and say, Lord, even if everything looks barren, even if everything looks dry, even if I have famine here, even if I don't have a single grain on my table, if you say, tomorrow, tomorrow, I will have an overflow. Tomorrow I'll have barley tomorrow I'll have wheat tomorrow I'll have corn tomorrow I'll have everything that I don't have today I believe it hallelujah how many of you believe that how many of you believe that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or imagine and every word that God has spoken shall come to pass before our eyes if we believe it we shall see it but when this man said that I don't believe it the prophet of God said well your unbelief is not going to determine whether the rest of the people are going to get blessed. They're going to get blessed. But you know what? You are not going to be a partaker of it. What a sad thing. What a sad thing. It happened, but he was not a partaker of what God did because he brought God down so low. Anytime we doubt God, we make God so small and we make our problems so big. We glorify Satan by making our problems big and we bring shame to God's name. It's not going to help us. We need to be people who look beyond what we see. If God says the word, that's enough for us. Because if he says it, it's done. We should just rejoice and rejoice and rejoice. And we will inherit what God has given to us. Let's go to verse 3. 2 Kings chapter 7 verse 3. Now there were four lepers, leprous men at the entrance of the gate. And they said to one another, why are we sitting here until we die? Now God gave this word through the prophet to the people of Samaria. And once the word was given, it has gone out of the mouth of God and it is going to accomplish what God has said he was going to accomplish. Now there's a move of the Holy Spirit that is taking place on the other side. God had a plan already. When God says a word, he, his word carries his plan. There's a prophecy God is speaking at this hour. When God speaks, when God speaks out of his mouth, the mouth of God carries the plan of God. When God speaks it, he already knows what he's going to do. See, when God said, let there be light, when he said that itself, he already knew before he could even say that, this world is going to be like this. He has designed everything and he comes and speaks it. So when he gives the prophecy, when he gives the word, he already has everything planned out and everything mapped out, everything drawn out, everything is set. When God said this promise, this prophecy through the prophet Elisha there, 
He already had the plan that the Spirit of God was going to next go stir the lepers over there. The Spirit of God is going to go and scare the Syrians over there. The Spirit of God is going to move the lepers from here to there. The Spirit of God is going to convict the lepers over there to come and bring the news over here. Everything was already thought out and already planned by God Almighty. This is the promise that God is giving to His people at this hour. The word that God has given to us today, this morning, is a very powerful word. God has already planned. God has already thought out. God has already laid everything. Everything that we need, God has already planned, laid everything for 2023, already in His heavenly realm. It's all very plain before Him. When He gave the word out for abundance, He already planned and everything is there. And He knows how to provide. Don't doubt. Don't doubt. Don't doubt. If we doubt, we won't receive. If we believe, we will receive. And the test of faith will already be there. And it will always be there so that we can grow in our faith and see the abundance of God taking place in our lives. God is speaking to our hearts today. Before he could move the lepers, he moved the prophet to give the word. When that word came, the plan of God already came. So now, the lepers are being moved by the Spirit of God suddenly, until this time they didn't. But exactly according to the move of the Lord, the lepers now, four lepers, four lepers according to God's plan, not a whole bunch of lepers. See, God chooses His people to do the work of God. So these four lepers who were outside, they were cast away, God is using them there. Nobody in Samaria had that faith that we can actually go and see what's happening in the camp of the enemy. But the lepers had, and God moved the lepers because they had the faith to obey. So these four people were the four people that God chose out of all the people in Samaria and out of all the lepers in the leper colony. God chose these four people because they had faith and they will obey him. We need to be like that. Out of all the people that are around us, we need to be people of faith. When God will tell us to do something, we should not depend on what we can do, what we can't do. If he is telling us to do, we should simply do it. So what happens here? These four people chosen by God, moved by the Holy Spirit, they are getting up and they are saying, we should go. Why we are sitting here until we die? Let's do something about it. If we say we will enter the city... The famine is in the city. And we shall die there. If we sit here, we die also. Now therefore, come let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, we shall live. If they kill us, we shall only die. What are they doing? God has put something in their hearts. What was it? Get up and go. Just go to the camp of the enemy. Go. So they're getting up. And they're saying, we need to go. They had some kind of faith that something good can come out of this. Let's just go. Let's just go. Some kind of a prompting. Some kind of a move from God. A force. That force was enough for them to get up and go. There is this move of God. This is the word from the Lord. God is speaking at this hour. God will move the hearts of the heathen to give to you that what needs to come to you. This is a definite prophecy God is giving. Whatever blessing that needs to come to you, monetary gain, especially God is speaking at this hour. Whatever monetary gain that needs to come to you, the Spirit of God will move. Just like He moved the lepers, God will move the heathen. God will move those who are not within the camp. God will move people who are without the camp to favor you, to give you that which you need. And there is a promotion coming for someone here this year, 2023. God is going to promote someone 
because of the favor that God will give you in the eyes of the heathen in order for you to get into the blessing that God has for you. Now, what happens here is the lepers, they get up and they go to the camp of the enemy. Let's go to verse 5, 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 5. And they rose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they had come to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise, no one was there. What happened over here? The God who spoke through the mouth of Elisha, the prophet, had the plan to move the lepers, the four lepers, had the plan to chase, drive out the Syrians who were staying there. All this happened until the word of God. All this thing did not happen until the word of God came from the mouth of God, through the mouth of the prophet, to the ears of the people. Once that word comes, everything starts moving. God had these things in mind when he gave his word. When God gave his word this morning here, God had a lot of things in his mind for each one of you. God had a lot of things in his mind for each one of you. God had a lot of things in his mind for each one of you. And God says, when my word came out of my mouth, through the mouth of my servant, I have in mind whatever I have planned and I have begun moving already. There is this word of God that is moving, moving the heathen for us. There is this word of God that is moving the enemies out of our territory. Hallelujah. As the Lord said in the prophecy that this year, God is going to bind the hands of the strong man. God is going to drive the enemy out. The enemy that was just there surrounding and saying that, I'm not going to let you go. I'm not going to let you come in. I'm not going to let you do anything. That enemy will be driven out by the power of the Almighty God. Stand still and see the salvation of God. When the Syrians went over there, to their surprise, no one was there. Why? Because the very same God who moved the lepers out of their place also move the enemies out of their place. Let's go to verse 6. 2 Kings chapter 7 verse 6. For the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses, the noise of a great army. So they said to one another, look, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to attack us. What happened? God did something over there. He created a scene over there. And all of a sudden these people started panicking. He said, oh, let's run. We're hearing something. We're seeing something. Nothing was happening. No angel came there. No, nothing happened. God just did something and they all got scared and they said, let's just run. What did God do? He just, with his word, drove them out. God drove them out. God will drive out your enemies in this year, 2023. God will drive out my enemies in this 2023. God will drive out our enemies in this 2023. Hallelujah. This is God's year. This is God's year of great deliverance, mighty victory, where God will say, oh, you were standing around and boasting, saying that, oh, I am around the people of God. God said, oh no, I'm going to drive you out altogether. Hallelujah. God, God says, I am the Lord who will move the heathen to favor you, and I am the Lord who will move the enemy out of your territory. Nobody can stand around and say that, oh, you cannot go out, you cannot come in, for this is the year of the Lord. God himself will drive our enemies out. Praise be to God. Let's go to verse 7, 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 7. Therefore, they arose and fled at twilight and left the camp intact, their tents, their horses, and their donkeys, and they fled for their lives. Hallelujah. 
They fled for their lives. All those who stood there and both are saying that, hey, we're going to take over Samaria. We're going to take over Samaria. All of them said, oh my God, I can't stand here. And they said, oh, somebody's chasing after me. Nobody was coming, but they all ran as if they were mad. Who did that? Our God. Our God, our God, He is higher than witchcraft. He is higher than sorcery. He is higher than voodoo. He is higher than black magic. He is higher than Lucifer. He is higher than anything that is out there. Hallelujah. And when He said, Oh, enough, enough, enough. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. And He says, Go, go. And He drives them out. They all have to run, run the other direction. And you remember the, the Lord Jesus who came, who saw the man who was possessed with legions. And all of a sudden, all the evil spirits from Him ran into the pigs and all those pigs just ran into the sea and they all died. They all drowned and they died. Just like that. All these guys, when God just chose to drive them out, they all ran for their lives just without even looking for a second. They said, run, 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 let's go, 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 go. And they all ran. Imagine God would have laughed. The angels would have laughed. All the heavens would have laughed and they said, well, you thought you had more power to come and surround my nation. God, you are. Hallelujah. This will be our testimony in 2023. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God himself will drive out our enemies. Hallelujah. Let's go to verse 8. 2 Kings chapter 7 verse 8. And when these lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, they went into one tent and ate and drank and carried its silver and gold and clothing and went and hid them. And then look what they did. They came back and entered another tent and they carried some from there and went and hid it. They thought, hey, we got this. Oh, thank God we got it. They got it and they thought they got a lot and they went and they said, you know what? Some more is there. Let's take some more. They go and they, you know, then you see that you have so much more there. How much can you carry? You call that an overflow. Hallelujah. Well, I didn't prepare this message. You know that. By me going to chapter 6 and saying verse 34 or 35, whatever, I wasn't even there. I didn't read this. So you know, God gave this word to us. This is the word of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. God will drive our enemies out. God will move the heathen for us. Hallelujah. God will take us into a period of overflow. Hallelujah. That which we didn't have before God will give us. God will cause you to have that which you never thought you will have. God will cause you to have that which you never thought you will have. There's a promise God is giving you. God will give into your hands that which you never had and that which you thought that you can never have. Hallelujah. You may have a famine now. But the Lord God of prosperity says, I'm going before you. When my word came out, my word also went to the heathen to work for you. I'll cause the heathen to work for you. And I will cause the enemy to run away from you. Hallelujah. He's the Lord God who moves everything around us for our favor. Hallelujah. They went from one place to another. They said, oh, I can't take this. This is too much. This is too much. And there was an overflow for the lepers. Guess why the lepers had an overflow? Because God's people were going to go into an overflow. Hallelujah. God will give into the hand of the heathen. Not for the heathen to have it and say, hey, my my demon gave it. No, he's given the hand of the heathen so that... You can get it from their hands. Hallelujah. Sometimes God will bless the heathen. Why? Because God wants to bless you. God will cause the laws to change in the land. Why? Because God wants you to be blessed. Hallelujah. God will move the heathen. The heathen who don't even have regard for God. To pass laws so that you and I can be blessed. Hallelujah. This is who our God is. This is who our God is. This is who our God is. This year is a year of overflow. Hallelujah. This year is a year of blessing for his people. Hallelujah. This year is a year of exaltation for God's people. This year is a year of promotion for God 
God's people, hallelujah, to all those who say, oh God, my God, hallelujah. I will believe every word that you have spoken. I will not be like the king. I will not be like the heathen officer who doubted you, but I'm going to be innocent in my heart. I'm going to be like the prophet who believed your word, who spoke your word, and who gave your word to the people. I will receive. I'll be one of those people who heard it and who rejoiced in it. Hallelujah. I'll be like Mary when the angel Gabriel came and stood before her and he said, oh, this is what God is going to do. Mary, something that never happened before is going to happen to you and you're going to be a vessel in the hand of the Almighty God. He said, she said, let it happen to me. Whatever God said, let it happen to me. And the angel of the Lord said, blessed is she who believed God will do that which he has spoken to her. Hallelujah. Blessed are you if you believe for God will fulfill that which he has spoken to you this day. Hallelujah. Let's go to verse nine. Then they said to one another, we're not doing right. This day is a day of good news and we remain silent. If we wait until morning light, some punishment will come upon us. Now therefore, come, let us go and tell the king's household. What is God doing? God is making the lepers over there. All of a sudden to say that we need to go and tell them that there is something good happening here. God is moving them all of a sudden to favor God's people to say that, you know what? They could have just gone home. They could have just said, we got everything we needed. Just let's go. How long are we going to live? And we're lepers. We're going to die anyway. And but at least we got something and they could have gone. No, but there's this conviction that is taking place inside of them. God is working inside of their spirit to say that now you got what you needed. Take this and go and let them know the reason why I brought you here is for my people. Go tell them that there is plenty here. Hallelujah. In this year, God will move people for you. In this year, God will move people for you to bring good news to you, to say that there is plenty, there is plenty, there is plenty. Hallelujah. For this is a year of plenty. The Spirit of God says, God will move people, people that you didn't know, people that you would least likely think that they will bring good news to you. God will move people such as them to bring good news to you, to say that there is plenty. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And therefore, come, let us go and tell the king's household. The good news is coming from an unexpected source. In this new year, many good news will come from unexpected sources. Hallelujah. Most likely, least likely places where you least expect that this news will come from. God will move people. God will move agents. God will move seats. God will move kings. God will move rulers. God will move whatever it is. Move them, move them, move them to favor you, says the Lord Most High. Hallelujah. Verse 10, 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 10. So they went and called to the gatekeepers of the city and told them saying, we went to the Syrian camp and surprisingly no one was there. Not a human sound, only horses and donkeys died and the tents intact. Let's go to verse 11. And the gatekeepers called out and they told it to the king's household inside. Verse 12. So the king arose in the night and said to his servants, let me not tell you what the Syrians have done. They know that we are hungry. Therefore they have gone out of the camp to hide themselves in the field saying, when they come out of the city, we shall catch them alive and get into the city. Think about this guy had no connection with God, wanted to kill the prophet of God. And now God graciously gave him the word that next day they're going to have plenty. And that the news is actually coming that there's plenty. And what is he saying? Unbelief over his head. All you can see is unbelief. When God is giving good news, he's saying that, oh, this is bad news. This is bad news. This is bad news. 
Look at the unbelief that this guy has. May we never be like this. Anything that God gives to us, be happy. Be happy to receive it. Anything that God gives you, be joyful and be thankful to receive it. Don't be ungrateful. Don't say that, oh, I don't think this will work out for me. I don't think this is good for me. I don't think this will work out for me. God is speaking to you. There are blessings that will come to you. When it comes to you, don't be negative. Be thankful to God because something glorious will come out of that. Hallelujah. Something glorious will come out of that. Hallelujah. Let's go to verse 13. And one of his servants answered and said, please let several men take five of the remaining horses which are left in the city. Look, they may either become like all the multitudes of Israel that are left in it, or indeed I say, they may become like all the multitude of Israel left from those who are consumed. So let us send them and see. Now you see, these are people who are afraid to talk to the king, but they have faith. They want to go see, they have faith, they don't want to tell the king, oh king you have full of unbelief, you're full of unbelief and you know what, we should be going, they can't talk to a king like that. So they are saying it in a nice way, let's just go and see, we'll go and see. Let's go to verse 14. This is why God works. When he sees faith in some of the people, he says, I'm not going to let them die, I'm not going to let them drown, I'm going to give it for them, for you, for you, those of you who believe, for you, because of you. God will move mountains. God will change law. God will bring new orders in place. God will do things to bless you. In the process, others will get blessed. But the whole thing is for you. The whole move of the Holy Spirit is for you. Therefore, they took two chariots with horses. And the king sent them in the direction of the Syrian army saying, Go see. Now, even with this man who is full of unbelief, there's a move of God that comes. You know why? Because God is favoring his people. The people who have, who have faith, who are in there, God says, they need to get fed. They need to get the promise fulfilled. And God moves this king who is full of unbelief to say, okay, go, go and see, go. God can move anyone for you. God can move anyone for me. God can move rulers for you, even the one who is vile and wicked. God can move them so that you and I can be blessed. And that's what God will do in 2023. Hallelujah. God will move people so that you can go into a period of overflow. Now there is famine. Now there is drought. Now there is emptiness. Now there is dryness. But 2023 will be a year where God will take you into an overflow, into a place where you have not dreamed. God will take you into an overflow, into that which you never had. Hallelujah. Into that which you never thought you will ever have. Hallelujah. Verse 15. Let's go to Second Kings chapter 7 verse 15. And they went after them to the Jordan and indeed all the roads was full of garments and weapons which the Syrians had thrown away in their haste. So the messengers returned and told the king. Now, when these guys go there and they say, this is exactly what the lepers said. And they're saying, everything is thrown away. That means everything is left for us to take. Nobody is there. So the messengers went and told the king. Let's go to verse 16. Then the people went out and plundered the tents of the Syrians. So what happened? Exactly what the Lord said. Exactly according to what the prophet of God said. Oh, there this word of God came to pass. Hallelujah. There this word of God came to pass. Oh, 
little, for little money, lots of food came. Hallelujah. For little money, God gave plenty in their hands. Hallelujah. This is what God will do for his people in 2023. Hallelujah. God will take you into a period of overflow. God will move the heathen for you. God will move the people that you never thought will favor you. People that you don't know will come into the picture in order to help you, in order to fulfill that which God has spoken through his mouth, through the mouth of his servant, in order for the fulfillment of that which God has spoken. God will move people that you don't know. God will move, God will move things and places and whatever it is. God will shuffle things around you in order to get you what you need. Laws will be passed. God is saying this is a prophetic word. This is a prophetic word God is speaking. God will bring laws into place. God will move the heathen for you. God will move people that you don't know in order to get you to where God wants you to. Set the word of the Lord that God spoke this morning shall be fulfilled in 2023. Do you believe that? Hallelujah. How many of you believe it? How many of you believe it? Hallelujah. Shall we all stand up together? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.